This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That's not just my morning show. That's all of our morning lineup, our noon lineup, and our PM lineup, three shows a day, Monday through Friday. Oh my goodness, great content. I hope you're keeping up with it, as well as BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure that is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's get to the news, shall we? We know it's Wednesday. We know that the mailbag's coming up, but we do have some news to get out of, out of the way first. Number one, the schedule release is coming up on Thursday. The schedule release is coming up. Now, if you haven't figured it out yet, most of the time, these podcasts are pre-recorded, meaning I'm recording them the day prior to them actually going live. And we know that on Thursday... May 12th is when the schedule will be released. So you can expect, though, on Friday morning, I am going to have a podcast that is going to talk a lot about a lot about rookie minicamp coming up. That starts on Friday. But I'm also going to give you my thoughts on the Steelers' 2022 regular season schedule, things I like, things I don't like, maybe what scares me, maybe my roster, my prediction for the win-loss totals. Well, it's going to be 17-0 in case anyone doesn't know. I'm a homer. But I want to tell you one thing about the schedule release before I go any further. These rumors are already circulating around Twitter. If you follow, I mean, there's people that devote entire Twitter handles to NFL schedule leaks. Just take it with a grain of salt, people. That's the only thing I can tell you. There have been official announcements made by the National Football League. For instance, on Tuesday, uh, they made the announcement that I believe it's the LA Rams and the Denver Broncos will be playing on Christmas Day at 4.30 p.m., if you pay attention to the articles that I write, I wrote an article that it was it was a report that the Steelers, that, that not just the Steelers, let me rephrase that. The NFL was talking about making Christmas Day almost like their Thanksgiving Day where they would have three games on that day. It would make sense that the 4.30 game would then be the L.A. Rams and the Denver Broncos, but they want to have one at 1 o'clock a 4.30, and then also a night game. So there's going to be a lot of other stuff coming out. There will be some official announcements. The NFL is really dragging this out, meaning they're trying to get as much attention as possible. And so they're literally just, it feels like they're pulling teeth with the schedule. I just wish they would just rip the Band-Aid off and say, okay, here you go. There you go, 17 games. Everyone can analyze it. Everyone can look at everyone's schedule. When's your buy? When's your division games? When's your primetime games? All that stuff. 
But instead, they insist on slowly leaking the information and dripping a game here and a game there, and it's going to continue. Just so you have a heads up, I will give you all my thoughts on the schedule on this Friday's podcast. Also, the Steelers are continuing their second round of GM interviews. I, I heard a lot of people... That and you know even our own Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts were talking about this on the Steelers draft fix on Tuesday, which ran at noon. And I think it was Andrew that said, ah, "I was really hoping Lewis Riddick was going to get uh, you know another interview. He still could. This is just the second round. They are going through these people that they want to have in. Now, with that being said, as Brian Anthony Davis would say, this is a situation where for the Steelers, they're only going to bring in the people they want to talk again. They're only going to bring in the people they want to have a second interview with. And so maybe Lewis Riddick does not make that cut. We shall see. They typically, they have not released these names officially as they did with the first round. Uh, we're not sure if they've interviewed internal uh, candidates like Omar Khan, Brandon Hunt. No one knows. I, I am honestly waiting for one day probably this month to all of a sudden them say and we have our new GM and they just make this announcement and there's going to be a press conference but that's going on so keep that in mind and keep that in the in the back of your mind there's going to be some news happening outside of rookie minicamp mandatory minicamp OTAs that are going on and of course the schedule release coming up on Thursday I wanted to spend some time today talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers defense And that's based on the fact that if you've listened to my podcast, probably for the last two, two and a half weeks, I've been focusing primarily on the offensive side of the ball. Prior to the draft, everyone's talking about quarterbacks. When you talk about the NFL draft in and of itself and the Steelers taking five out of seven players on the offensive side of the ball, of course you're going to talk about offense. Not to mention the fact I like offense. I said this on Monday. If you missed my show, go back and check it out. I enjoy the offensive part of football. I think it's exciting. I think it's fun. And I love talking about it. I love talking about quarterbacks in particular. But today, I'm going to give some attention to the defense. Not just the draft picks, by the way. I'm going to give some attention to the defense. I decided to title this podcast, Is the Steelers' Defense Good Enough That It Was Essentially Ignored in the NFL Draft? I'll say that again. Is the Steelers' 2022 defensive roster good enough that the team essentially ignored that side of the football in the draft? And you might say, Jeff, they took two players. Yeah, they did. They took DeMarvin Leal in the third round and then nothing until the seventh when they took a flyer on Mark Robinson, a one-year linebacker out of Ole Miss. He has got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of athleticism. But my goodness, it's a seventh-round flyer. So what I wanted to do... As I'm thinking about, you know, well, did they bring in enough? Because, yes, they only took two players on defense in the draft. But that doesn't mean that they haven't addressed the defense this offseason. Let's look at free agency, okay? So outside free agents that were brought in, linebacker Miles Jack, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's a name that was brought in. Cornerback Levi Wallace, formerly of the Buffalo Bills and the Alabama Crimson Tide, he was brought in. Safety DeMonte KZ. That was the most recent outside addition to the Steelers. He's a safety that's played both with the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. He was a free agent acquisition. So right away, you're looking at a linebacker, cornerback, and safety. Then you look at the players the Steelers decided to re-sign to keep them within their own building, their own free agents. They they signed nose tackle Montrevious Adams, cornerback Arthur Millette, safety Terrell Edmonds, 
cornerback Akello Witherspoon, safety slash linebacker Miles Killebrew, and safety Carl Joseph. So when you look at all those names, they added a lot. They kept a lot. They retained a lot. Then you throw in Leal and Robinson in the draft, and then you're thinking, did they do enough? Is this defense good enough? Did they make enough additions to help this defense, which is already really good? And you think about the players they have already on the roster. It's TJ Watt. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. It's Cam Hayward. It's possibly a a, a healthy Stefan Tuitt. We'll see. They have players. They have good players already. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at this from a positional standpoint. And we're going to play a game called Good, Bad, or Meh. <laughs> Meh is like the middle ground. You're just not sure. And I'm going to look at each position group on the defense as a whole. I'm not going to go position by position. And I'm going to say whether I think they're good, are they bad, or is it meh? We're not so sure. So let's start with the defensive line. I said they're good. I said they're good. But then I, I, I almost wanted to put a little caveat, a little asterisk there and say maybe. And, and we know what that maybe is. We know what that caveat is. We talked about it ad nauseum, even going back to last season with Stefan Tuitt. Is Stefan Tuitt going to come back? No one knows. There's been nothing definitive about number 91 in the black and gold, former Notre Dame fighting Irishman. There's been nothing. I mean, heck, I had a whole Monday morning conversation with Tom Reed talking about that situation, what happened with Tuitt's brother, all that stuff. No one knows. But the one thing I think about when I think about DeMarvin Leal in that draft pick was how I think Leal is a really cheap insurance policy. That's what I think of him. And everyone said they want to draw these, they want to connect these dots between Leal and to its potential future. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think the Steelers looked at it and said, we are not going to get burned again. We can't put all our eggs into its basket. We just don't know what he's going to do. We don't know if he's coming back. So what we're going to do, and this is something I suggested that they do, heading into the draft, is we're going to make a selection. It was a day two pick. I loved it. I love his versatility. I think he's going to be a great player, both in sub packages and in base. And I think that they're saying, this doesn't mean that two, it's not coming back, but if he doesn't come back, we have a plan in place. This doesn't mean that Stefan Tuitt, even if he does come back, isn't going to be effective. It just means that if he comes back and struggles or needs more time, we can give him that. And so the defensive line, you still think about Tyson Alawalu's coming back. He should be healthy. You think about Stefan Tuitt being a giant question mark, but Cam Hayward is still Cam Hayward, an all-pro and a pro bowler. And they also have a ridiculous amount of depth at that position. And there's going to be some tough cuts. I had Dave Schofield on the show last Friday. We did our early... 53-man prediction. We talked about how difficult it was. You're talking about the Davis brothers. We had them both getting cut because Isaiah Loudermilk's there. Leal's there now. You talk about Montrevious Adams. There's a lot of players at that position, but I like the position. I really do. Inside linebacker, I have it as meh. And one of the reasons is not because I'm down on Devin Bush or I, I don't like the Miles Jack signing. I do. I think Devin Bush is going to be a lot better this year, number one. And I do like the signing of Miles Jack, but I'm not about, I've, I kind of fell into this trap last year when they signed Joe Schobert and everyone said, ah, this is it. This is what we need. This is the Steelers, you know, as a fan base saying, this is what the team needed. They needed another athletic linebacker next to Devin Bush. That didn't work out. It did not work out. The more you watch, the more you feel that they need a thumper. And so I want I, Buddy Johnson, maybe. 
Ulysses Gilbert the third? Probably not. Is Miles Killebrew a linebacker now? Uh, you, you can roll down with Robert Spillane, maybe. I mean, there's Marcus Allen is on the roster. He's considered still a linebacker. You have all these names, just like the defensive line, but there's not one that I can look at confidently and say, that's your duo. Now, could you throw up Bush and Jack? Absolutely. I just don't know if that's what's best for the defense at this point in time. I'm hoping Buddy Johnson can do something this year. He was injured a lot last year, inactive on game days. The hope is that Buddy Johnson can maybe be that guy that the Steelers want on defense, but that's why I have it as man. They they don't have that duo that is set. I think back to Shake and Bake when Ryan Shazier and Vince Williams were that those they were those guys, and everyone knew who that inside linebacker duo was. They don't have that outside linebacker. Well, you're thinking, Jeff, this is this is a good this is going to be good because of T.J. Watt. No, it's it's meh, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why it's meh. It's because it's T.J. Watt and then who? You can talk all you want about Alex Highsmith. You can bring up Jannard Avery. You can talk about Derek Tushko. The problem is is that Highsmith, although he shows a lot of potential, he hasn't had the production. T.J. Watt is nothing but production, but their depth is not good. Not good at all. And so I don't like that depth. I think that that depth is an issue. The Steelers want to have rotational pieces they don't have that. They had it last year for a brief stint when Melvin Ingram III was in Pittsburgh, but they don't have that right now. So that's why it's meh. Now, cornerback, believe it or not, most people would probably say this is good to be meh to bad. No, I think it's good. I actually think it's good. And when you think about the addition of Levi Wallace, Akello Witherspoon, Arthur Millette's still there, Cameron Sutton's still there, James Pierre, uh, even Justin Lane, they had a, a couple... Um, undrafted rookie free agents at cornerback. I think they have good depth. I am not 100% sold on the fact, and a lot of people believe this, I'm not 100% sold on the fact that you need to have a number one cornerback to be able to play defense in the NFL. I feel like with Terrell Austin, who's a defensive secondary genius, with Brian Flores and their combination of safeties, we're talking about KZ, we're talking about Edmonds, uh, you can even throw in Carl Joseph, possibly. They're going to find a way to make it work. They're going to find a way to make it work. And that's one of the reasons why it's safety, the next position. I have that as good. I think the additions, when you talk about Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, if you want to throw in Miles Killebrew, KZ, uh, Carl Joseph uh, is another option. They have a lot of good quality depth with a lot of experience. That's what I like. I really do like it. Now, you throw all those in, you break down the positions, and you go back to the initial question, is the Steelers' defense good enough, considering it was basically ignored? Is it good enough? Well, let's look at last year's statistics. I did this with the offense last last show on Monday. I'm going to do it with the defense today. Let's look at the team statistics for the defense last season. Yards per game, they surrendered 361.1 per game. Passing yards per game, 215.1, which was ninth in the league. That's not bad. You're thinking that's a top 10 unit. Well, there's a reason why. The reason being is that everyone and their brother could run on the Steelers. They surrendered 146.1 rushing yards per game, which was dead last in the NFL, and they surrendered 23.4 points per game. So did they do enough in free agency to just ignore the defense in the draft? I think yes, but it's tough to see if you're thinking about the defense, 
five out of seven players in the draft go to the offensive side of the board. It's not that the offense doesn't need it, and it's not that they were bad picks, but sometimes you look at the defense and say they need some help. They need an injection of youth at at certain times and at certain positions. Now, I'm going to do an, an entire show on this next topic, which is how are the Steelers going to win in 2022? But I think as of right now, if I'm giving you the short answer, it's they have to win by defense. They have to win by defense. And I, I, I was everyone knows this if you've listened to my shows long enough. I am a former head lacrosse coach in the state of Maryland for boys lacrosse, varsity coach. And I coached for well over a decade. And anyone that tells you lacrosse is a low-scoring game like hockey, they don't know lacrosse. Lacrosse, especially the modern game, is very high-scoring. We're talking most teams that are good, that can move the ball efficiently on offense, can score double digits in a game. And I used to tell my teams when I coached, my defense especially, you know, we're not going to shut teams out. If you do, that team is atrocious. My rule was the rule of 10, and it was simple. If you can keep as a defense the opposition off of the number 10, so 9 and under, then you are going to be giving our team more than ample opportunity to win because our offense is going to be good enough typically to score 10 or more goals. I don't care if they win by 1 or they won by 15, the rule of 10. And so you have to ask yourself, with the defense giving up 23.4 points per game last season, what is that watermark for this defense in 2022? What do they have to do in a game-by-game basis to somehow, some way, try to keep the offense in it and keep them winning football games and playing winning football? I'm going to have to think about that. But when I think about the overall question, before we take a break and we get to the mailbag in the second half, Is the Steelers' defense good enough? I think they have the pieces in place to be really, really good. 2019 good? I'm not so sure I'm going to go there yet until I see Stephon Tua come back. Tyson Alawalu stay healthy, at least throughout training camp and things like that. So, tough question. It's a tough question. The Steelers definitely put their their money on the offense in the draft. And we'll find out whether that comes back to bite them. But I like the free agent moves on the defensive side of the ball, so we'll see how that goes. All right, in the second half of this show, the Ride or Die crew did you did your job, as you always do, with providing questions. We'll be right back with the mailbag segment. Stay tuned. fans it is the second half of the podcast it is wednesday it's hump day happy hump day hope you're having a great week and it's time for the mailbag segment and on in case you're just now first listening for the very first time welcome aboard the ride or die crew are my loyal listeners that never miss a monday wednesday friday podcast of mine and every tuesday on my twitter account you can follow me at j hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t Every Tuesday around, I don't know, 11 o'clock, 11.30, I put out a tweet just saying, all right, Ride or Die Cry, I need questions for the mailbag segment. Some people ask some really funny questions. Some are very strict to Steelers. Some have asked Penguins and Pirates questions. And I put a funny gift this time. It was one of my favorite scenes in Anchorman when Brian Fantana is showing them the cologne that he wears where he says 60% of the time, it works every time. And so everyone... Did a great job. My ride or die crew responded well. Let's get this started. I answer every single question every single week. Let's dive head first. Heath Davis asked a couple. He said, would you rather go forward in time 30 years 
and Pittsburgh is guaranteed to win two more Super Bowls, or go back in time 30 years and use your knowledge of the future to help coach the Steelers and possibly win more Super Bowls. You still have all current Steelers Super Bowls. Hashtag ride or die crew. I mean, I've, I have watched Back to the Future enough to say that I would want to go back, and I feel like going back 30 years with the knowledge I have now, I'd be able to help in those situations and say, like, knowing, okay, Tomlin, you're going to throw a pass against the Patriots to Jesse James, and it's going to get ruled incomplete. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't throw that pass to Eli Rogers on the next play. Don't do it. It's going to be intercepted, and you're going to lose to the Patriots, and it's going to go down as the Jesse James caught it play. Just don't do it. I'm going to be able to do things like that. I'm going to be able to go back, Spygate, Coach Cower. The Patriots are spying on you. They're stealing your calls. You've got to do a better job of disguising. I would be able to help, and I think I would win more than two Super Bowls if I could do that. 30 years let me let's go back and let's change let's rewrite a lot of history with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go back in 2017, 13 and 3. The Jacksonville Jaguars are coming in. You can't overlook them. The Blake Bortles, you might laugh at this, but they're going to beat you all if you don't get your heads right. That's what I would do. Good question. He also asked, do you think that he calls him Duke Oladukin instead of Chris Oladukin or Connor Hayward could serve as a Taysom Hill type role with the Steelers? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Oladokuna, I'm going to say this. He's got to make the team before we can even talk about a role with the Steelers. And Connor Hayward, I think that in terms of running the ball, he could fill some type of role in. I mean, he's he's built more like a runner than he is a tight end, so keep that in mind. Good question. Cheeseball 10. Jeff, is there an advantage in playing a better team earlier or later in the season? Example, playing Buffalo Week 1 last year allowed for more planning to occur where the planning wouldn't have occurred if they played the Bills on a Thursday night, hashtag ride or die crew. Okay, this is a good question. So you think about week one last year, no one thought the Steelers were going to go to Buffalo and they were going to beat Josh Allen and the high-flying Bills, and they did. And I think a lot of people would probably admit that the Steelers, especially defensively, caught them off guard. They were not ready for that. They were not ready for T.J. Watt to go off. And I think that even you think about this this season, there's already been leaks that the Steelers might open up in Cleveland or against Cleveland. Well, Deshaun Watson might not be available in week one. And so in that case, it does matter if you play a team in week one. However, if you go back to last season, you think about, okay, what if you played Seattle, which was that NFC West home game? What if you played them in week one compared to the week six game where they played them on Sunday night football? In week one, you would have played, obviously, Dangerous, Russell Wilson. But in week six, he had that that finger injury and he wasn't in the lineup. That was obviously... Uh, the backup, which his name escapes me right now, Geno Smith. There you go. So, yes, I think it does matter, but you just can never figure out, you know, are you going to play a guy that's hurt or like a Baker Mayfield with the left shoulder last year? Are you going to get lucky and not play someone? It, it, you just don't know. It, it's literally a crapshoot. Billy Puma Johnson says, why are people so worried about cornerback depth behind our penciled starters? Yes, we could use outside depth, but I can't imagine any team will be in good status if any of their starters in the secondary go down. Let's tamper down on pursuing big-name cornerbacks and wait for cheaper veteran cornerbacks. I'm on board with this. What he's essentially saying is let's look for that Ross Cockrell. Maybe and Ross Cockrell's still in the league. People forget that. But Ross Cockrell was one of those players that got cut. The Steelers said, wow, we're going to pick this guy up. He's got experience. He played, played well. The Steelers could absolutely look to bolster their secondary with that type of player. 
But I think that they're happy where they are right now. I think they like the guys they have right now. And if they add to it, that's great. If not, they're comfortable with the depth and they're comfortable with who they have. I think fans often need to remember this. You will never have the perfect roster. No team has the perfect roster. No team at every single position has a starter waiting in the wings. That's important to know. All right, Ben P. asked, do you think Kenny Pickett will take the Brady route? Take less money to keep a great team around him if he ends up being a great quarterback for the Steelers. I know it's too early to think of that, but something to keep in mind since quarterback cost is going to the moon. Hashtag ride or die crew. So this is something that I've, the one thing I really like about Kenny Pickett since he's been, and I had, I did not follow him in college. I am not a college football fan. My listeners know this, but since he's come into the league and he's been drafted by the Steelers, the one thing I've loved about him the most is that it's been silent. You haven't heard Kenny Pickett talking. You haven't heard him saying anything. He's not on Twitter putting out motivational quotes. He is literally just quiet. I love that. And so I don't know what to take from that. I don't know how to figure things. I I haven't heard enough of him to give an honest opinion. So I'm just going to have to leave this as like an incomplete because I'm going to have to see what he's like, hear him talk, see some of the – See what his rookie contract looks like for even as, as a good example. So we'll see. Justin Pinsker, I think I said that correctly, said, could you please place a ban on people photoshopping players into a Steelers jersey, especially ones not signed by the team? Yeah, look, this is like pro football focus loves doing this, the edits. Uh, and there's a lot of really good edits out there. But at the same time, I remember when Kenny Pickett was edited to be the Steelers quarterback and I laughed and said, yeah, this isn't happening. And here we are now. It's annoying, but I guess you got to deal with it. Southside Doc, he says, how should Tomlin change his approach to adapt to the post-Ben Roethlisberger era? The Cower book talked about a three-way quarterback competition as a detriment. How would you sort out the process to name a starter? How important is the next GM developing a strong relationship with Tomlin? Hashtag ride or die crew. I have not read the Cower book yet. My dad read it. He gave it to me. I just haven't read it yet. So I want to, I know that Kyle Kreiss of the What Yin's Talking About podcast has talked about his comments about that three-way quarterback competition being bad. So I want to read that. But how would you sort out the process to name a starter? I think that the Steelers honestly need to go in with a, in my opinion, this is just me, but I would say we've seen Mason Rudolph enough. What else do we need to see? I mean, let's let's be completely honest with each other right now. Is there anything about Mason Rudolph's game that everyone's, anyone's sitting there saying, well, we're not sure if Mason Rudolph can do this. No, you know everything that Mason Rudolph can and cannot do at this stage of his career. So don't waste your time giving him some of these repetitions. It should go to Kenny Pickett. It should go to Mitchell Trubisky. That's it. Then you get Mason Rudolph the scraps. I hate to say that, but that's just what I would do. And that eliminates that three-quarterback battle. It eliminates it down to two. How important is the next GM developing a strong relationship with Tomlin? Tomlin's going to be a part of that search, folks. He's not just going to say, all right, Art, let me know who you pick. There's going to have to be a relationship there, and that's going to have to be strong. I have no doubt that Mike Tomlin will be able to do that. King Tibbs said, what's the technical difference between an H-back and a running back or a tight end? Love this segment. You're the bomb, Jeff. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, King Tibbs. So in layman's terms, a running back is someone that is typically going to carry the ball. A An H-back is someone that is more of like a flex tight end slash fullback, could run the ball. Uh, an H-back is used in odd circumstances and in odd, you know, different offensive sets. 
Sometimes they can be kind of like the off, like an off wing player. They could be in the eye formation and a tight end is normally someone that's either in line, meaning they're in line with the offensive line or they're flexed out almost like in the slot. So the H back kind of encompasses all of that. So you could see an H back, get the ball in a handoff. You could see the H back flex out as a tight end. You could see the H back actually line up as a tight end. They kind of do all of it. A running back is strictly a running back unless they put him out in a pass pattern, which they have done before. So I hope that I'd, I hope I'd explain that well. If not, maybe Jeffrey Benedict can. Matt B says, out of Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which podcast is your favorite to record? And no, it's not like asking you to pick a favorite child. So this is tough. I mean, I love every single podcast I do for Let's Ride. It's never tedious. I never get sick of doing it, to be completely honest. In the offseason, I have really loved my uh, Monday morning conversa- conversations with a bunch of different people. I've had repeat guests, but I've, I'm trying to get some, some other people lined up, and I'm going to let you know what that is. But still, on Mondays have been a, a really, really fun for me this year. I'd never done that before, having that interview style every Monday. I love the mailbag segment on Wednesdays. And on Fridays especially in season, you get to do game picks and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, but I have to say that out of all of them, it's got to be Monday because in season, it's my winners and losers. Typically that's my post game podcast, which is my favorite. And then I love the Monday morning conversation. So I'm going to say Monday is my favorite show. Will Caldwell. He asks, Hey Jeff, outside of quarterback, which position battle are you most excited to see play out? All right. I am excited to see, let's hear it. I'm I'm excited to see center. To be completely honest, I want to see who is the center in 2022. Is it Kendrick Green? Is it Mason Cole? Is it James Daniel? Is it J.C. Hasnauer? They have a lot. They have a lot to choose from. That's what I'm excited about seeing. MDivs24, he says, favorite gift yet. He's obviously talking about Anchorman, the gift that I use with Brian Fantana. He said, which Anchorman character would you assign each BTSC member Bad is obviously Brian Fantana. So if you're given bad, Brian Anthony Davis, Brian Fantana, um, I, I don't know who would be, I, I guess maybe I would be Ron Burgundy as kind of the, the leader of the pack maybe. Um, in, in terms of Brick, <laughs> I'm not sure who, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to give anyone Brick. You know, I love Lamp. Uh, or, uh, you know, we're just going to stop there. Let's let's just stop there. Alexander Dines uh, says, how do you think our base defense will work with the additions? After, and after one season off, how will two it fit in? I think the base defense will be, you're talking about Tyson Alualu at nose or Montrevious Adams. Hopefully to it and Hayward are back. You've got, Cam, you have that, I'm sorry, you have Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt on the outside. Jack and Bush in the middle. In the secondary, you're going to have Edmonds and Fitzpatrick, probably Levi Wallace and or Akello Witherspoon, a cornerback. If you have a slot, it's probably going to be Arthur Millette. After a season off, how will Tuit fit in? He should be fresh. He should be rejuvenated. As long as his mind's right, he should be fine. Todd Hall asks, how much will the defensive scheme change under Austin? Is a base 3-4 still the design? How similar is Flores to Austin in scheme? This is a tough question because no one knows what Flores what Flores's influence is going to be with the Austin defense. We've never even seen Austin as a defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, let alone with him being influenced by someone else like Brian Flores. I cannot even begin to explain or say what this is going to look like. No one has seen it, both from Austin being a defensive coordinator and Flores being a part of this defense and coaching staff. I'm as excited to watch this as anything else, see it unfold, see what it's like, see the new wrinkles, but I do think 
that it's still going to be a base 3-4, but primarily, as it has been the last probably decade, more sub-packages than anything else. Billy Puma Johnson asked another one. He said, but my real question is, does anyone else think the Steelers settled for Kenny Pickett? I'm going to root for him no matter what, but this was this was them playing it safe. For, was this them playing it safe versus taking a risk on Malik Willis? I don't know. I feel like they were like, yeah, we don't want to put in the work to raise a quarterback, so let's go with Kenny. Hashtag, he said, live in your fears, maybe. Wow, that's pretty damning uh, statement there. Maybe they were. I don't think they settled for Pickett because if they had the choice of everyone, then they could have taken Malik Willis, even if they thought it was a project. If, let's say, Malik Willis went to the the Carolina Panthers at 6, and let's say the Atlanta Falcons took someone else at 9 or whatever pick they had, and then all of a sudden at 20, the Steelers have Kenny Pickett and or someone else, then they're like, okay, we'll just take Kenny Pickett. That's settling to me. I don't think they did that. Zach Farnsworth says, what camp battle or position group are you most excited to see in camp? Quarterback, obviously. Really want to see that play out. I'm looking for wide receiver is another one. No one's talking about wide receiver. How did Pickens and Austin the third kind of come into this? It's going to be interesting. And I already talked about center, by the way. Haskins QB1 says, hey, Jeff, just want to say, love the show. Keep up the great work. And BTSC is the fastest breaking news articles. The articles B are up before I get my ESPN or Bleacher Report notification. Hashtag ride or die crew till the MFN. Love it. Thank you very much, Haskins QB1. I appreciate it. We do pride ourselves on staying up to task with the news. Aiden Blaine says, who do you think has more catches next season, Pickens or Fryermuth? Hashtag ride or die crew. And then he adds, Fryermuth had 60 last season for reference. I'm going to go with Patty Fryermuth. I think Fryermuth's going to have a big year, and it's not doesn't mean that Pickens is not going to play or not going to play well. I just think that Fryermuth is going to be better. Johnny Bravo says, if Johnny Bravo was a stealer, what position would he play? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Honestly, Johnny Bravo, you don't know who that is. It's a cartoon character. He's thin waist, huge muscles. He's the quarterback. He's always looking at the chicks. That's who I think he is. Brian Haynes asked several questions. He says, you're down four points in the fourth, 75 seconds left in the AFC Championship game against the Bills, and you have to drive 75 yards. Jeez. You have this offense as is, and you can have any quarterback from franchise history. Who are you taking? Like, I don't already know. It's Big Ben. I'm taking Ben Roethlisberger. His next question, if the Steelers miss the playoffs this season, does Mike Tomlin's seat start heating up? Could it be a prove-it year? Like, okay, now you don't have Ben. Now prove that you can win without a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't think so, because what I'm thinking of is, He just drafted a quarterback. You're going to have to give him a chance to actually prove that he might be able to, you know, win with that quarterback. Next question from Brian. Outside of the quarterback room, who are you most looking forward to seeing perform? Offensive line, wide receivers. I also want to see, like I said, this defense. I want to see what this defense looks like. This Austin Flores defense. Throw in Tomlin, too. Brian says, how often do you listen to your podcast after they're posted? My podcast? I got to be honest with you. Uh, I listen to every single podcast that we produce. Um, And I don't listen to all of it. For instance, our PM shows, I normally listen to at least the first half. I want to make sure the sound quality is good. I want to make sure that the topics are good. As someone that's kind of overseeing everything, I I do feel I need to be plugged in. Um, I listen to all of our morning shows. Love Jeffrey Benedict's show. Love um, Dave Schofield, Stat Geek. Uh, The Cutting Room Floor is Jeffrey's show. But I also do listen to all of my own shows. I'll never forget... It was two maybe two years ago, and I just started this podcast. I had someone on Twitter, and some people were like went after this player. Person was like, "Hey, to lay off a of Jeff," because he said I was constantly saying the word "period." So, in other words, I would 
be making a demonstrative statement like the Steelers defense stinks, period. And that's what I thought I should do. And But he called me out on it, and I said to myself, you know what? I need to listen more. So I listen to my own podcast because I want to hear if I have crutch words. Crutch words like MK or like. I don't want to say that I want it to sound good. I want to say crisp. I listen to all of my podcasts. Some might call that being narcissistic. No, I call it trying to be a perfectionist. And there's a difference. I want this show to be the best it possibly can be. And if that's what I have to do, then I'll do it. Last one from Kenny Pittsburgh. Will the Steelers start a new trend on defense by playing three safeties? One being your playmaker, Minka. One your deep coverage, KZ. And one your mismatch coverage man for tight end, slot wide receiver. He's assuming this is Edmonds. Could create a new safety, cornerback, linebacker, hybrid role to deal with offensive mismatches. This is a great question, and it is a. Gr- I think it's a great solution to the Steelers' problem on defense with everyone's wondering, where's the other cornerback? Where's the other cornerback? And this is not something that I thought of myself. Jeffrey Benedict on that Cutting Room Floor podcast said that he fully expects with KZ being that more of a – he's more of the center field type guy. Um, you know, and, and this would allow him to play that role, Minka Fitzpatrick to roam the middle and Terrell Edmonds to do what his strength is, which is to cover those tight ends, running backs out of the flat, as well as sometimes slot receivers. The Steelers, if I can think about one thing, if there's one word that comes to mind when I think about Austin Flores, a defense, it is creative. It's them thinking outside the box. This is the type of move that would be made that, in my opinion, no one would predict. Everyone would be screaming about, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, when in reality, they had this plan in place all along from the moment they signed KZ and Edmonds into the fold. So great question. Thank you very much. For all of the people that reached out and actually you know, put in a question Thank you very much. And I have had people say, Jeff, how can I have emails? How can I get my question answered? Don't email me. I don't want emails about it. I don't want you. If if someone happens to have my phone number, please don't text me. That's really creepy. And then lastly, just follow me on Twitter at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And all you have to do is follow me on Tuesday. I ask the question. I put the GIF. You respond. I answer. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go, folks. Thank you for a great show. I'll be back on Friday talking about what you need to keep an eye on for Rookie mini Minicamp that starts on Friday as well as the upcoming schedule release. I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on that schedule release. Maybe I'll have a guest on to talk about that. We'll see. In the meantime, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Those candles burning bright